boys and girls all over the world tune and dial in to the show where the hosts put what they hate most on a wheel and give a spin because it's movie night and the time is right to kick back and let go if you're in the mix and you like good flicks then you came to the wrong show it's the weekly watch wheel it's the weekly watch wheel with matt jimmy and shamley Hey everybody, welcome to the Weekly Watch Wheel, where we'll watch a movie! I never know what we're doing. Yeah, because because it's different every time. Is it? No. (laughs) It's the same every time. I do not know. Well, welcome to the Weekly Watch Wheel. My name's Matt, I'm here with Shanley. Shanley, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Good. Jimmy, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Very well. You look very well. I worked out today. Is that why you have this girlish glow about you? That's what it is. I love it. Yeah, thank you. That's very good. Well, this is the weekly watch wheel where we take the worst ways to choose a movie. We throw them on a wheel and every week we spin it and pick a movie to watch. Jimmy, you did our last spin. And what did you get and what did you choose? I did the spin. You I got my parents' recommendation. We chose my stepfather John's recommendation, Pet Cemetery from 1989. Yeah. Boy. Woo. Ha ha. Very good. Since you did the spin, it's your responsibility to give us the summary. I don't know if I'm ready for this much responsibility. Hey, you were made for this. Well, as a great man once said, better than anyone else. If you can do something good in this world, then you have a responsibility to do that thing. Direct quote, perfectly delivered. From Amazing Spider-Man? From The Amazing Spider-Man. Well, let me answer that quote with another quote. An even greater man once said, never do anything today that you can do tomorrow. And that was Jake's dad. Hell yeah, it was. An even better man once said... A man doesn't always know why he does things, Lewis. And that was Judd in this week's episode, Pet Cemetery. He's so good. He was great. He's the only good thing. Anyways, we'll get there. Uh, Pet Cemetery, 1989, the year I was born. This movie is six months older than me. And uh, despite how much it feels like a David Lynch, Twin Peaks-esque... That's his name, right? David Lynch is the Twin Peaks guy, right? I don't know anything about Twin Peaks. David Lynch is a human being, yeah? He's the one with the crazy hair. I know that he wrote Twin Peaks, or the writer of Twin Peaks wrote it at the House of Pies. It was my favorite breakfast place when we lived in L.A. Nice, and most of Twin Peaks was filmed at the Salish Lodge in Snoqualmie, where uh, where I had my honeymoon. Oh man, your money poon? That's tight. <laughs> uh, yeah, David Lynch. Um, anyways, not David Lynch, not Tim Burton, but sure feels like it. Okay. Pet Cemetery. Stephen King re- uh, wrote this. And a family, the Creeds, moves into a weird, empty road that trucks go 120 miles per hour down every five seconds. The only neighbor they have is a charming and terrifying old man Is there any Judd? other kind of charming old man? Charming old men are also always terrifying is that true no i think sometimes charming old men are just charming really it's adorable this guy is he's sweet but he also is terrifying okay 
any hoodly doodly. The family moves in. Their neighbor is like telling them, oh, yeah, everything dies because of this road. And yet we still just let trucks drive uh, with reckless abandon down it. Pets have been just being uh, destroyed on impact for generations. And it's just the way things are here. Uh, and no one has ever thought to build a fence. <laughs> and so, and so we just watch these families live right on this rod and have their cat and then their son destroyed. And also the first person we see die from it. I don't know if you guys caught this was a young man named Pascal who is brought into the university hospital that the father of the Creed family, Lewis works at and that is how he ties into the whole plot the ghost of pascal starts warning lewis not to go to the pet cemetery behind their house and cross the threshold into this dangerous area right where once the cat dies their neighbor judd immediately brings him there and they bring the cat back to life spoilers uh and then he does the same thing with his son when he dies and the same thing with his wife when she's killed by the son. Gage is the boy's name, and Rachel is the wife's name, and Ellie is the daughter's name. I know all the names this time. It doesn't Look at happen you. for me very often. I watch this movie two and a half times. Good man. So I'm ready. I'm... And so that's the gist of it. And then, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of details very quickly here. Certainly. Also, one other thing that's just it doesn't really fit in anywhere else, but since we're here, I'm going to throw it out. There's only two songs in this whole movie, and those two songs are Sheena is a Punk Rocker, mm-hmm. which one of the truck drivers is listening to right before he kills Gage, their infant son. Right. And then, at the end credits, Pet Cemetery, which was written also by the Ramones, for this movie... Wait, they wrote this that song for this movie? They wrote that song for this movie. I thought their song, I Don't Want to Be Buried in a Pet Cemetery, that that was just like the, uh, an amazing coincidence. I mean, I could have seen it being written by like them a while before, inspired by the book or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the, I, I mean, I didn't think that in the 80s, people were writing songs for movies. Okay, so yeah. I actually Except do. Except for Back to the Future. That's, I thought, the only time that that ever happened. What are the Adams Family song? MC Hammer. What about Ghost, uh, Ghostbusters? Was the Adams Family before 1989? I think so. I think it was in the 90s. Oh, okay. Stephen King uh, is a huge Ramones fan, and he approached the band personally and asked them to write music for, for the movie. Well, m- several of the band members, Johnny and Dee Dee especially, have said that the album which featured Pet Cemetery was the worst experience they had as a band writing that, that album. That's great news. Yeah, so, you know, it's tons cursed. of fun. So, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. Uh, there's an Indian burial ground that brings things back to life, and you, you shouldn't do it, and you also shouldn't live by this rad, and, you know, they do it anyway. They sure do. Where, where do we begin, Jim? I feel like you're you're captaining this episode, so where should we begin Okay, well, one thing that I want to say is there's a quote that is sort of modified and presented three separate times in this film. And it seems that if something is said that many times in an hour and a half, it's probably important. I want to see if you guys can dive into this okay, and let me know what your, what your interpretation is. So, when Pax Cow 
which is what Ellie calls him. She and this compact uh, cow. When he's dying or dead in the hospital, he springs back to life in a moment and mm-hmm. says, the soil of a man's heart is stonier, Lewis. And then right. says that he'll come back later or something and show him something. Then he shows up that night and brings him to the place and warns him about going to the burial ground beyond the pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. Later, after Judd and Lewis bury the cat to bring it back to life, Judd says, don't tell your family what we did here. Lewis asks what they did, and Judd says, what we did, Lewis, was a secret thing. Women are supposed to be the ones who are good at keeping secrets, but any woman knows anything at all will tell you she's never seen into a man's heart. The soil of a man's heart, Lewis, is stonier. Like the soil up there in the old Micmac burial ground. Mm-hmm. So that one, you're recognizing, oh, this is what Pax Cow was warning Lewis about. Then at the end of the movie, after Judd has been killed, he comes back a third time where his voice, his disembodied post-mortem voice chimes out and says, The soil of a man's heart is stonier, Lewis. Man grows what he can and he tends it, because what you buy is what you own. And what you own always comes home to you. And then right after that happens, Lewis is killed by his reanimated wife. And that's mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Right. Uh, what the, the hell does that mean? What is the soil? I feel like we're in English class and we're trying to dig deep. I have no idea. But it's hard to dig because the soil is so damn stony. That is true. <laughs> Lewis is the dad who failed to protect his son. There, There's a lot about responsibility and masculinity in this movie. There's this tension between Lewis's father-in-law and himself. I think what the writing is getting at there is that men will try to resolve things on their own, and the higher the stakes of the problem, the more secretive, the more even deceptive men become. I don't think any of that. I think that this is a nightmare of cocaine-fueled, incoherent horror rambling. And I think that he kept making all kinds of weird, like, interesting and, like, possibly wise-sounding one-liners Who's doing coke in your scenario? Stephen King. Oh, I thought you were talking about Judd. I mean, probably, dude. Uh (laughs) And definitely Lewis. But they're all druggies, dude. The mom, everyone. It's crazy in this. The children? Um, Oh, yeah, dude. For sure. The way that baby goes down at the end, he was a druggie all day. Mm. Um, But (laughs) Judd's other important one-liners, he says, It was the ragman told me about the place. He was half Micmac himself. What the hell is the ragman? They never go anywhere with that. Nope, That's they total do not. nonsense. Um, he's a liar. He's all over the place. So, yeah. I mean, taking things that he says and trying to impart wisdom or, like, morals from it, he, uh, Lewis straight up asks him, are we, or has anyone ever buried a person there? And he yells, Christ on his throne, no. And that definitely did happen. Mm-hmm. Um And all of this is kind of me getting at the deeper problem that I see here, which is who's the bad guy in this movie? Because Judd comes across as both a caring, loving neighbor who wants to help them 
and is like willing to risk negative consequences to try to ease their pain and mourning. Mm. But also he's been through this several times and he should definitely know better to the point that it makes it feel like, is he the villain? Is he like an agent of whatever evil demonic Stephen King nightmare forces are working through this Indian burial ground to destroy people's lives. It's the Wendigo. The what? The Wendigo. The what a what what? The Huan Digo. That's the evil force that possesses the Micmac burial ground. Micmac burial ground. Leave that dog alone. That was not that funny, but it was good. Uh, the villain in the movie is the evil of the pet cemetery. That's is, like the is villain. Is that the, the Wendigo? Movie. Are you saying a real thing right now? Yeah, the Wendigo. Are you messing with me? No. Okay. Because, so here's one thing that bothered me is the pet cemetery isn't even important in this. The pet cemetery is a place that you do not have to, but you could walk through on your way to the Indian burial ground that is imbued with magical power. So the pet cemetery is irrelevant, but there are several characters who reference an evil force. Uh, Pascal says when he's helping Rachel get back to stop Lewis or something, um, they crash the car and he says to her, it's trying to stop you. Do you hear me? It's trying to stop you. She pauses for a second and then says, is anyone there? And so I was under the impression that for like 20 minutes at that point, she and other people like the airline employees and the car rental lady had been hearing him talking to them. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I'm like, can she not hear him this whole time? But he says that then when he, when they get the um, truck driver, who, by the way, the truck says 666 on the side of it. Oh, cool. But we couldn't tell because we watched it in widescreen or it was like stretched to fit this because originally it was like a 4-3 ratio or something. Oh, interesting. So it was cropped out, but you can see the tops of the sixes on our screen. That's um, super metal. But um, when when she gets dropped off at her house, Pascal says, it's the end of the line for me too. I'm not allowed any further. Implying that whatever is trying it is trying to stop her and it's not allowing him to go any further and then also judd says the place gets holier but the place is evil sometimes dead is better so what is is what you're referring to the place that they're talking about the wendigo is the wendigo the place that the micmacs bury <laughs> No, the this this may not be in the movie then. It's definitely not because I watched it two and a half times and <laughs> I never heard of a Wendigo. <laughs> the Wendigo is this Native American legend of an evil, malicious spirit that, I, if I understand correctly, and I'm not studied on this, but I, I did watch an excellent documentary about the making of of this pet cemetery it's called unearthed and untold path to the pet cemetery you can find the entire documentary it's an hour and 37 minutes on youtube on the channel watch movies now and they talk quite a bit about this 
the Wendigo is a spirit that oversees the souls of of the fallen when they dis dis discorporate. Oh, I see what you did there. That Thanks. was good. Thank you. And the Wendigo is the personal evil spirit that empowers the burial ground. And if if I can speak a little bit into what you said about the pet cemetery not really having anything to do with the story itself. Can I take a second to answer that? I, I think that the answer for that lies in the development of this story in Stephen King's mind. Is now a good time to do that, you guys? What do you think? Take it away. Look, I mean, I'm a lot more tolerant than my wife, both racially <laughs> and in regards to listening to things, but I'm quickly catching up to her that we are making a boring episode right now i feel like this is turning into an english class essay let let me speed through this here's the film school breakdown of everything in pet cemetery let me speed through this quickly because i do think it's kind of interesting stephen king was hired by the school in the university in maine from which he graduated and he moved into a house very much similar to the home that the creeds lived in it was on a speedy highway. His daughter's cat was run over by a truck there. And she said, Stephen King's daughter said the line that uh, that Ellie says in the movie and in the book that God should get his own cat. This cat is my cat. So all these things actually came from Stephen King's experience, including the fact that because the neighborhood in which he lived had this super dangerous highway, there was a pet cemetery in the house right next door to him, and children would go and bury their animals there. And it was spelt the way it is here. The misspelt cemetery is the way that it was spelt in the town where he lived. And lastly, the, most of the story was birthed from the fact that Stephen King's son got out of his sight for just a moment and ran toward the street. And Stephen either caught him or he tripped and fell just before a semi-truck sped by. And that terrified Stephen King as a father enough to think, what if I didn't catch him? What if he died? And what if I had the opportunity to bring him back to life at great cost? Could I stop myself from doing it? Was that as uninteresting as you anticipated it being? Boring. (laughs) Very boring. Um, I mean, sure, you know, it's kind of interesting, but... This movie is so full of nonsense. And just to be clear, I didn't have a bad time watching this. It's definitely no Ghost Rider, but it is better than Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. False. Um, But there's so many other things that are just ridiculous that we need to get into that go far beyond anything that I could imagine him experiencing in his own life. Okay. For example... Everything that goes on in the tangential subplot revolving Rachel, the mother of the family, and her deformed sister who had some sort of disease that made her... Zelda. Yeah, she first had off, spinal Zelda. meningitis. I was so excited for a second. Zelda is my favorite video game franchise. And then it really quickly was... That joy was snuffed oh, out. That's why you were excited when they said Zelda. Are you joking? When I hear Zelda, I think the auntie from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's fascinating. So 
Zelda was a terrifying thing, not because of them accurately portraying whatever medical conditions she had, Spinal but because they cast a... Huh? Spinal meningitis. Yeah, but because they cast some dude to play her, and he was terrifying and freaky with his like performance, and also then she became like a scary villainous character who was like... I mean, it was kind of interesting honesty, I guess, that could be developed more in a book. But she's just like, people will think that I killed her because I wanted to kill her. And people will think that I'm glad she's dead because I was glad she was dead. And people thought that I was crying when I ran out of the house. But I'm not sure if I was actually laughing. And then her sister or the web, 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 webbedigo. Nailed it. (laughs) <laughs> Perfect. Starts uh, pulling a uh, Bogart and turning into Zelda to scare her. Mm-hmm. Um, then they also reference the painting that is seen twice in Rachel's house. Once in the living room where they have this giant painting of an elderly woman in a strange dress thing. Mm-hmm. And a hat holding a whip with a little gray cat next to her. And it's too big for the mantle that it's on. It's like touching the mantle and then angled forward on the ceiling and making contact with it still. Mm-hmm. But then also when she has the dream of walking into her sister's room, it's on the wall outside of her sister's room again. And then when she finds her son in Judd's house after he's been reanimated and killed Judd. First, Zelda is in the room confronting her. Mm-hmm. Then they cut to Rachel, cut back, and R- Zelda has been replaced with Gage in the old lady outfit. And then he kills her when she goes to embrace him. What the hell is all that? Is that also from his childhood? <laughs> Did that happen too? Yeah. <laughs> That's so <laughs> creepy and weird. And why, why, is the, why is Church the cat? In the painting. Well, firstly, you remember yesterday when I said that there was something in this movie that traumatized me as a kid? Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Zelda? It was Zelda. There was just one part where her arms are like flailing and her mouth is agape and it's horrifying. And watching it this time, I kind of overcame my fear. I'm a better man for it. But as to why that stuff happened, I guess this follows the themes of how complicated dealing with death is and in certain cases people feel relieved when somebody dies and that's a really ugly feeling to work with but what i i agree with you it was presented really poorly in this movie this movie tries to do more than it can and saying things like when when lewis says are you telling me that the pet cemetery knew my son would die And it's like, well, no, no one said anything like that at all. So this movie shoehorns in a lot of things, and it doesn't have time to dig into them a lot. And that also comes, I think, around the same time that Judd is blaming himself for Gage's death because he showed Lewis the power of the cemetery. Mm -hmm. That would be that Wendigo. None of it makes sense. Like It does feel like there's a lot more lore to all of this Mm -hmm. that is not included and just makes it so much weirder and more confusing 
I think they shouldn't have cited any of it. They shouldn't have referred to any of those things because I think you're right. They they were not able to dig into those at all. Yeah, it just makes a lot of questions that, like, I mean, we already spent too much time going into them because I feel like they're unanswerable without going to a book. And even then, maybe not. But, like, definitely from this material alone, there's no answers. It's just, I mean, I have a whole section here that I just called Real Questions. Which I think could be an ongoing segment <laughs> that we go into. Please tell me it's real questions with a Z at the end. And please tell me it's real no. questions. It's oh uh, no, it's real questions. R E E L, like okay. a film reel. Uh, uh, can I throw those out, please? Since we're just show me your real kind of going here. All right, so here's the questions that I came up with. Number one, who slash what is the antagonist? Is Judd really as stupid as he seems, or is he an agent of evil? And who is the ragman? <laughs> then I had, why Pascal? What does he have invested in any of this? And who can hear him? Because it seems as though he talks to everyone mm-hmm. that we know except for Gage and Judd. Right. But he also talks to other people. Like flight There attendants? is a part where the girl at the car rental place directly oh, right. responds right. to a question that he says. Right. But then immediately after that, Rachel asks if anyone's there. So it's very confusing if he's being perceived by Rachel or if he's only perceived by Lewis and Ellie. Because Ellie says that she's talked to him several times. Mm -hmm. And then also, why is Ellie psychic? Because she keeps seeing visions of deaths before they happen. In her dreams. And that's never explained or explored at all. It just keeps happening and no one addresses it. She's got the shine. Um, yeah, probably again something that would have been more interesting had it been bridged into i would love to see someone successfully create a stephen king like cinematic universe where they all actually that would be expand the cool. lore yeah um i have obviously i have an answer to one of your questions okay though. why pascal they answer it but i i'm gonna preface it with it, again this is something that's not done well he says I'm here to help you because you tried to help me. But when Pascal as a human being dies, it doesn't really look like Lewis is going out of his way to be like, I need to save this man. I'm going to do anything I can to save him. Yeah. And with the amount of time that they waste on a lot of stuff in this film, they definitely should have invested a little more of it into making that connection make sense. They It, it didn't really take that much more time. Somebody... At some point, he says, get an ambulance here. We need to send him to EMC. And then somebody effectively says there's no hope for that. And he says, we're going to do this by the book. I think that that was trying to accomplish that. But other people are like, hey, you know, give up on this guy. This guy's dead. But he, they could have done that better. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they showed him, like, talking to him and, like, another doctor being like, nothing can be done. And he's like, no. Like, and he tries to do something. Oh, they yeah. could have spent, they like, another have, couple of minutes like, pushed there. somebody and been like, we're going to save an innocent life, damn it. Yeah, yeah. And then if he was, like, really worked up over it. They could have done anything to make it, like, feel good. Weekly watch wheel Yahtzee. She's out? I don't know. She raised her hand. She's basically out. Well, Shanley, before you fade into the dimension of the Wendigo, can you give us your impression of the movie overall? I was very confused. Like, I get the concept of this movie is called Pet Cemetery because they live right on this road and the pets die i get that i 
don't really get. Yeah, I don't get why it was called Pet Cemetery. I don't get why mm-hmm. it was spelled the way it was. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't really like the neighbor. Like he was kind of like a charming old neighbor friend, but also don't get why he was there. Don't know how we're supposed to feel about him. Like I don't. You're kind of pissed off at him for showing Lewis the pets and the or the the Micmac burial. Yeah, ground. he leads the whole family there to be like a. This is a day of fun. We're gonna go on a hike and be creepy. I I, I don't even know what questions I have. Uh, just a lot of questions. Yeah, and I I kind of have a theory that in Stephen King films, I mean, I think this is somewhat acknowledged by people who know more than me, but. I'm not informed on Stephen King. I have watched the two new It movies. I've seen Doctor Sleep, and I've seen The Shining, mm-hmm. and we watched Castle Rock season one. Did you see Maximum Overdrive when no. all the technology in the world kills people, including toasters? No, um, okay. but I kind of get the impression that in Stephen King's work, all adults are kind of the bad guy. It seems to be pretty... I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's cases where it's not true. I feel like the children, when they grow up in It, kind of counteract that. But, Mm -hmm. like, maybe not. But it seems like most adults, if not all, are all kind of antagonists in his work. That would at least make Judd's character make a little bit more sense. Because he's the oldest, so he's therefore the worst? Well, no. Just, like, it's confusing. Like Shanley was saying, like, we... We trust the character, the actor's performance in this comes across as someone who genuinely wants to help this new dad work through what he's doing, support his family, ease his daughter's pain, all this stuff. But the stuff he's doing is so foolish and like he's the only one with this knowledge. So he's directly responsible for everything bad that happens. He sure is, yeah. And based on how little sense the things in this movie that happen make together, I have to blame like the screenplay writing more than the actor's performance. The actor seems to think that his character is helping. Yeah. But the actions are directly opposing that. I think that this whole movie is just about what death does to people. So yeah. Fred Gwynn... Is that is that his name? The, I, Herman I think Munster. So. He's excellent in this. He's the standout performance, I think. I think there's some really good casting in this, and maybe we could talk about some of the other cast members at some point. But I think he's the standout in this. He took this role because his son died at a young age. His son drowned in a swimming pool. And I think every character in the movie is in some way touched by death, and then they're handling it in all sorts of different ways. And nobody in in the movie handles it healthily nobody in the story handles death healthily and so judd handles the death of church who's the cat improperly because he thinks it's not yet time for your daughter to lose her favorite pet so we're going to delay this and make a horrible mistake because of the wrong judgment call he made there's one circumstance in the whole movie where people are grieving appropriately lewis is sending his family back to chicago because he intends on exhuming gage's body and burying him in the micmac burial ground and uh he says if one good thing can come out of gage's death maybe this will help to bring our families together and rachel's dad lewis's father-in-law 
starts to reconcile the relationship. Hey, I, I'm sorry that I got in a fist fight with you at a funeral and there was random characters holding us back and having lines. Sorry for that. And extends his hand to him, shakes his hand and apologizes. And it was at that point where it's like, this is actually what death can do because death is a part of life. And if we allow death to just be death and we deal with it appropriately, then good things can come of it. But then, but nobody does in the whole movie, so things go terribly wrong. I think we're dancing around this quite a bit. I think we need to let the church out of the bag. I liked this movie a lot. I really enjoyed this, and it seems like neither of you guys did. I mean, it's a bad movie. It's very bad. But I, I laughed at a lot of stuff. The ending was great. First off, can I just say... The death of Gage, like the second time, the real death, mm-hmm. whew, that was awesome. That was so much fun. When he I had injected morphine into his neck? Yeah, or whatever that was. I don't know if they said it was morphine, but okay. that was super duper fun, dude. Because the baby, uh, he's already killed Judd. He's already killed the mom, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Lewis goes, I'm going to do this super quick. Lewis goes into Judd's house in the morning trying to figure out where his son is because he's unaware that anyone else is involved yet he's anticipating his son coming back to life he thinks that he got him buried early enough that he's not going to be a terrifying zombie freak monster mm-hmm. um he actually doesn't know that that's even possible yet right so never mind but he 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 thinks that he did it right he goes up, he gets up goes looking for him finds out from the father-in-law that rachel had come home the night before but he can't see her anywhere so then he starts getting concerned, goes across the street, and he must know somehow, I guess. He sees footprints. He sees Gage's footprints In, into yeah, Judd's okay. house. So Got he prepares it. himself. So he goes across the street, has this dramatic murder of Church the cat outside Judd's house. He tough talks a cat. It's so funny, <laughs> dude. He says, "Here's, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to perform this anywhere near as well as Lewis's actor did this, but... Hi, church. Want some grub, church? Church? Don't mind me. Eat while you can. That's right. Today is Thanksgiving Day for cats, but only if they came back from the dead. He he then, does he does kind of like, but only if they came back from the dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's really so good. he throws a steak at the cat. The cat starts eating it. He grabs it by the scruff and injects it in the butt with some kind of clear liquid. Why didn't he just poison the steak? Yeah, I don't know. But then he puts the cat back down, says, go on, lie down, play dead, be dead. (laughs) And it's the weirdest. And he's all wide eyed when he says it. And it's like the most unnatural and insane. The only performance that might be crazier than this is when Nicolas Cage is scratching at the door. (laughs) That is the only thing that can rival the insanity of this. Oh, this actor, his name is like Dale McLegs or something. (laughs) Dale McLegs. I don't think that's right. Um, Wait, let me let me find out his name. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Dale Midkiff. Not even close. Dale (laughs) Dale McLegs. He's not good. He is bad. He's very Keanu Reeves in the eighties. But it's also terrible writing. How could anyone deliver that dialogue? Tough talking a cat that you're about to kill. In a yeah. way that doesn't sound crazy and like bad and unnatural. That's fair, but and there's, also, there are some parts of the movie where he's just bad. Oh, he's yeah. He's just bad. I mean, he's bad in the whole thing. It's terrible. Yeah. But also, 
just while we're on him being ridiculous, I have a list of quotes here from him. Okay. Um, number one, when Gage dies the first time, and he does his Austin Powers uh, bad guy. No! That yeah. was hilarious. And you were being all weird and emotional because a kid died. But yeah. it was so funny, dude. And they did it three times. And each time that the no started again, they jump cut to a different picture of Gage on the concrete. Mm. And it was so ridiculous. And it was supposed to feel like emotional, but it was so funny, dude. It I was really that. bad. Yeah, no, it got me because I'm a dad and I'm so terrified of making a horrible mistake and my kids getting extremely hurt. So it did hit me while simultaneously thinking, this is really bad. Well, at Gage's funeral, Lewis says that his father told him, God sees the truth, but waits. Yeah, and no, that means something. Nothing. That, no. <laughs> yeah, nothing is actually more accurate. That is nonsense. However, I'm curious about this. The special effect... I was trying to get to the baby dying. I know I'm all over the place, but so those things happen. Uh, Then uh, also real quick, last line from Lewis after he's running gauge into the Micmac burial ground Mm -hmm. and that weird bubble ghost thing pops up for a second and disappears. Don't know who they never deal with. No idea who that's supposed to be. We rewound it to see. Yeah. uh, That's the one to go. But after that happens, he says to himself or Gage, see, it's just imagination. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Who's he talking to? He already knows that evil, like, necromancy magic is real. Mm-hmm. So what is he saying is imagination? A ghost told him about this before it happened. He's brought something back from the dead already. Yeah. And now a weird bubble man pops up and he goes, eh. It's just imagination. I'm going to go bring my son back to life now. <laughs> what right. is he doing? You're right. No, what is I wrong with this man? But anyway, so he goes upstairs in Judd's house after killing Church the cat. Mm-hmm. He finds his son who first makes the house all creepy and echoey and ominous looking. Covered and then it moss. snaps back to normal. And the baby laughs and says, uh-huh. like, I'm just playing daddy. I scared you, didn't I? And then he finds Judd's dead body. The baby drops the mother on a noose from the attic, mm-hmm. jumps down from the attic after laughing, it's and very knocks the father play. down. <laughs> it totally did feel like that. How did he hang the mother? How did he have superhuman strength to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, why did he hang her after he stabbed her with a scalpel? But then he jumps down, lands on top of the dad, knocks him to the ground, apparently with one hand holds the father, Lewis, down. While stabbing him with the scalpel. And slashing his face. They somehow him. separate, and the baby's crawling back to him, finds a scalpel. Lewis gets the needle. The baby does, like, a tough, angry snarl at him while walking towards him with it. And the dad just just clean shot to the jugular mm. with the needle. And the baby goes, ah! And then says, no, no fair. fair. And then walks away while over the shoulder, dirty look at him and goes, no, no fair, fair, no fair. And then drunkenly stumbles to the ground and gives a angry side eye at the dad as he dies. In Did the- you notice that that <laughs> shot was shot in reverse? Was it? Yeah. So I think that maybe there's not a safe way. The The actor who played the boy's name is 
Miko that doesn't something. matter. Miko McLegs. McMac. Um, <laughs> Shanley, was this your favorite baby death of all time? I mean, at the risk of sounding like a terrible person, yes. <laughs> Why would that make you a terrible person? It was an evil zombie baby. Having a favorite child death? That sounds like a terrible person. Okay. That doesn't make you sound like a terrible person. I would like to know who your second favorite child death is, because that will make you sound like a terrible person. Hmm. I got I to gotta marinate on that one. <laughs> okay. But the child was the cutest at the end when it was evil. When he was snarling? When he was going... When he, dude, him, him trying to look tough walking up to the dad was with, adorable. With the him, shank. Him saying no fair was adorable. And then him stumbling to the ground and giving an okay, angry glare. That's, that's the part. Was so cute. That's the part that was shot in. Rev- I think that maybe there's not a safe way to make a two and a half year old like walk backwards and then fall on his butt and like slam his head against a wall. <laughs> so I think he they, like pushes himself up. Kind of weird. Down. He stands up and then walks towards the camera, and it's shot in reverse. Okay. We got to rewatch it. Is it still? Yeah, no. I already watched it twice, Damn. and we don't need to rewatch it. Well, I trust you. I think it was shot in reverse. We could look it up. But that was great. I loved that. That was probably my favorite part of the movie, was Gage's second death. Mm. Loved it. Good. I would watch that on its own, just to spice up my day. Am I the only one that thought that the kid was cuter when it was evil? No, I thought he was definitely cuter when he was evil. I thought he was less evil when he was evil, too. He seemed creepy, and and I could not trust him when he was a normal child. Uh, yeah, when he... um His opening shot is they get out of the car to move into the house. They have their weird plastic or glass cat carrier yeah. that is in the trunk. <laughs> like a fish Everyone else is gone, and he goes moving towards that as trucks are speeding by. And I'm like, this kid's going to throw the cat in the road. <laughs> And I, I knew he was going to do it. I was like, this evil little bastard. And it didn't happen, and I never trusted him again. No, I was yeah. like, he wanted to. He just didn't do it. I think that the Webnego uh, <laughs> just brings out the evil that's already inside of you. So, because the mom but, was but, a killer, but you said and so that, is the boy. You said that the adults are evil. So is there's like a like a bell curve, like a hell's bell well, curve? The, yeah, the evil grows with the body, Matt. <laughs> Uh, so there's evil in him, and the web Nedbago just pulled that forth from inside of him, from whence it came. But I did hate him when he was wearing the full weird old lady garb when he killed the mom. But once he lost the hat and the whip, adorable. I loved it. I was into it. I really wish that the movie itself explained what was the deal with the Winnebago. <laughs> Because I am very confused. <laughs> I have a, a phonetic device that will teach you how to say it. At no. least as accurately as I can say it. But I like what you guys are saying better. E40, tell me. When to go? Yeah, when to go. Oh, when to go. <laughs> okay. I was like, it's not when to go. <laughs> but... I like Winnebago better. That's better. Yeah, well, you know, I'll do my best. What about Gage's first death? How did you guys feel about that? Aside I mean, from the no. <laughs> aside from the that. no really helped make it funny. It definitely um, took the edge off. I mean, it was, you know, 
I mean, I wasn't. I don't. It's not my favorite baby death. <laughs> it's definitely not even close. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't care. I would have felt it more if the little girl died. I think Blaze Berdal is incredible in this movie. The girl, she's great. Shanley had something to say. I, I wonder how you feel about this, Matt, because you are a parent. But part of me feels like it seemed like irresponsible parenting for this kid just to be like ignored, kind of for a minute. I know that's not actually a long time, but. It seemed like... Yeah, they were bad parents overall. I'm not saying that every kid who dies from a horrible accident is because the parents are irresponsible. But throughout the entire time, Lewis and Rachel are awful parents. Rachel's entirely vacant, hopped up on drugs a lot of the time. It's implied, but also shown in certain cases. Lewis is a jerk and also not paying attention to his son on a crowded highway, doesn't install a fence. Again, why doesn't anyone install a fence? Yeah. Why has no one built a fence? And why has no one been like, hey, city council, can we put a speed limit on this thing? Can we get the damn state police or the highway patrol or something to just camp out down here? Because two people die in this movie that we see from that route. And... (laughs) Several pets have died there. The guy died after coming home from war that in the story that um, Judd tells. I don't think his he, dog died there. I don't think he got hit by a car on the I road. Think I think they he said he was war. coming home from war and then he got from killed. Army? He came back from army. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. But it doesn't matter. Who cares? It, it really it's irrelevant. Yeah. Tons of people have died. All the pets died. Everybody died. And... They just need to do something. But I'm like, this is why we need to all get out and vote. It starts at the local level. You know, it really does. Get out there, y'all. We've done it. We did it. We we've, solved. We've solved it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do something that's probably going to get cut from the podcast. Well, let, let me just touch on this real quick. I just want to highlight that, like, the, the way that they accomplished the effect of Gage's death number one is... is pretty incredible like did his foot come off because no, i remember that went but it was bloody yeah because the body that was in the shoe was was destroyed by you're a telling me that an 18 wheeler wouldn't slice through a little boy calf like nothing like butter i think it would but i don't think that that's what happens in the movie well he pops out of that grave as a whole white baby bro <laughs> he is intact completely perfect pristine baby he has a little scar a above little his scar, eyebrow yeah. But he's a resilient boy. Great condition. Mint. He's near mint, near mint white baby. Just coming out the grave. He looks great. Kids are resilient. I mean, look, I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's price. I mean, slightly, but I mean, close to retail. That is a good little white baby. The way that they accomplished that shot is they had a, a mirror in the road at an angle. And the the boy who played Gage was standing in front of the mirror facing the reflection of the semi driving straight at the mirror down the road. And so they filmed that and it looked like the truck coming straight for him. That's why that there are there are these really close call shots where it seems like the truck is a foot in front of the boy. It's pretty cool. It's really well accomplished. Okay. 
There are some mm-hmm. special effects in this movie, like the the puppet Chucky doll <laughs> gauge that's really bad. Mm-hmm. But there are some special effects that are really good. I think that's a great one. That's a really smart trick for photography. The the prosthetics of some of the zombie people, especially Rachel, I think it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. Okay. What did you want to say, though? That's fine. You look like um, you had a screwball <laughs> thing to throw at it. No. So here's my pitch, all right? Way better movie. Ready? So the family's there. They move in. No offense. Whatever. Uh, they're not paying attention and the boy's walking towards the thing and the disconnected father is not paying attention. The mother runs out, saves the baby and throws him to safety and gets hit. And then after he had already brought back the cat, now he's like, dude, I can't raise these kids on my own. And like, I'm a shitty dad and I need to bring my wife back. He buries her, brings her back but now her murder tendencies from when she was a kid come back out. Her resentment towards him is a thing. And the zombie mom starts trying to kill him and the zombie? kids. Zombie. Zombie dearest. Um, she's trying to get She's trying to get him. And he has to murder his wife to protect his children. And that's an interesting movie. Sure. I'm I feel like way more interesting than whatever the hell this was no one learned a lesson nothing important really was gained the end of the movie zombie mom and the daughter are still alive yep and judd's dead his house is burned down the cat's dead again (laughs) like what what the hell yeah no it does and also while we're talking about things that bother me um Missy, the maid who they don't even ever really address, she's just there five minutes into the movie. She's like, oh, I'm going to go do your laundry at my house because, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to work even more than I should. And she's like, oh, like, oh, man, her line is great. I have to read it because everyone loves my sultry voice delivering these lines. So she says one of my favorite things in the whole movie. This is probably my favorite non-Judd line in the whole movie. Mm. She says... Always thought I'd be lucky to marry a doctor. Wish I had a doctor around with my stomach pain so bad. Guess I'll never be lucky. Hell, I ain't married to anyone. Amazing. And then the mom says, Bye, Missy. As she walks away. (laughs) (laughs) So she says that. Leaves. Goes and does their laundry at home. Comes back later. And she's talking to Lewis. And she's like, my stomach's killing me. No better, no worse. And he's like, oh, I can look at it for you. And she's like, no, it'll go away on its own. It always does. And then the next time we see her, she's writing a suicide note about how she can't live with the pain. She knows she has cancer and she just hangs herself. You work for a doctor who offered to look at your stomach. At first, when I was thinking about this movie, I blamed them because the dad's such a douche that I assumed he he didn't offer. But rewatching it the second time, like, oh, no, he totally did. In, like, a moment of him being a decent guy, mm-hmm. he offers to check out her stomach cancer. She says, no, she's fine, and then goes and kills herself. And it has nothing to do with the web... Ned, web... 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 Nego. <laughs> um, so, you know, what the hell? Yes. That is correct. This movie sucks. I hate it. It's funny. I mean, it wasn't terrible to watch, but I hate that it exists. It's like so 
silly. I I hate it because of the potential that it had to be like interesting. I'm a world building person. Like I love that in fictions. I love lore. I love do we have it? Is this official? Do we have as soon as we say the words it's, she's going to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew it. Oh, that's great. Um yeah, man. I don't know. It's bad. Shanley, do you think that I said anything interesting? Does he ever? Yeah, I was just going to say always no. <laughs> um, I I wanted to like how bad this movie was, but no. I don't think it's that bad, honestly. I think that there's some stuff in it that are really hammy. There's some super bad acting. Uh, Dale McLeggs didn't like him. The actor who plays Rachel, don't know what her name is, but she was very stiff and vacant the entire time. Well, that's because she was dead. She was more animated as a as a dead woman than anything else. Um, actually, my favorite part, which is also my least favorite, in the way that it terrified me, was Rachel's sister Zelda. Like she was terrifying. Yeah. But that was also weird and i don't really get what that had to do with any of the rest of it well like matt said stephen king was a uh a young girl young girl one time and he was murdered by his family so (laughs) that's how it ties in and her parents are crazy not just in the way that they possibly helped rachel poison their other daughter zelda because she had a disability or a medical condition or whatever Uh um that is crazy. But in addition to that, when Rachel is concerned and trying to get a hold of Lewis after they leave, after her and the, uh, Ellie leave following uh-huh. Gage's funeral, she's trying to call him. She's freaking out. Her mother looks her straight in the face in front of that freaky ass painting <laughs> and says these exact words, dude. She says, probably went out for a hamburger or a or chicken, chicken dinner, s- dear. <laughs> You You know know how men are are. when they're alone. Like, what the hell does that mean? When men are alone, they go out for a chicken dinner. What does that mean? When have you ever been an alone man and said, I'm going to go out and get me a chicken dinner tonight? I mean, you know how men are when they're alone. And why, like, when men don't get chicken dinners when they're not alone? What the hell is a chicken dinner? That's what the winner winner gets. Shanley, whenever you go out of town, do you think that I have a chicken dinner? Every time. Damn it, she's on to us, Matt. <laughs> um, is that a euphemism? Is that is she covering for him? Is she like, you know, he's cheating, but we're not going to say it, so we're just going to call it a chicken dinner? Is no, that like you're giving away too the much hussy? Depth. No, is the chicken dinner? No. Um, wow. Well, it was weird, and I didn't like it. And also that painting. Like, what the hell? If we have a little image for these episodes, I vote that we find a picture of that weird-ass painting and make that the picture for this episode. I vote that we get that painting and put it up here in the apartment. Dude. It's going in your room. (laughs) Okay, here's what I want. I want a painting of Shanley in that outfit with Dink next to her. (laughs) With the riding crop? Yeah, (laughs) I want that on the wall. That is great. 
can we just have Dink in the outfit, like standing up? With Shanley beside? Yes, oh yes. <laughs> and then we can have the second one, the second rendition, the callback, be my son in the weird, in the weird velvet dress thing. I have to say, your boy would be adorable As in, that freaky, in that freaky old lady outfit. <laughs> he would be great. Dude, this is great Halloween costumes for your kids. Yeah. You have... um. Your daughter dress up as uh, Judd, <laughs> and you have your son dress up as the old lady, <laughs> and then we can incorporate Dink into it. We'll paint him gray. Repeat after me, Rod. Yeah, Rod. <laughs> that happened on that Rod. He's good. I think this movie just has a lot of really hammy, poor acting. There's the director mary lambert she had just done some really good stuff in this movie especially with the production design that she chose but she clearly doesn't know how to direct actors at least not in this movie or maybe the actors are really bad because a lot of the acting performances are really bad with the exception of judd and the exception of pascal i thought pascal was really good and Ellie is really good. I think everybody else is really, really bad in it. Pascal felt like he thought he was in a comedy. All of his line deliveries were for comedic effect. I was really bothered by um, the kid, the son, was very cute. And I was really bothered by how um, disjointed some of his lines were, like, dubbed Yeah. in. It was very off-putting. That bothers you a lot. It does. You've brought that up in multiple films. It does. I don't like the judge. Judge. My name is Judge. (laughs) Um, Judging your name. (laughs) I don't like the Judd mentioned the Ragman multiple times. Does he Um, mention it multiple times? I think you've mentioned it multiple times. He says the Ragman told him about the place that he was half Micmac himself. He was half Micmac himself. Then he also says that the Ragman was. He mentions him again. I'll find it. I'm the Ragman. The movie also says that the award cannot go to the Grinch. Sometimes things come out pipe cinch. Sometimes things get lead pipe cinch. <laughs> I don't buy it, Jim. I think he only says Ragman once. Are we at our rankings then? Is there anything that you think we should go to? Any any untapped minds of this film that we should be getting into? It's a special kind of bad. Because it's not bad enough to be funny... It's just bad enough to be disappointing. I think maybe the only parts that we actually laughed at are the the nose. And so there's not a whole lot to joke about. It's just a lot to dislike. But I think there's enough good stuff in it also to make it kind of on the edge. I think a lot of the things that come from the 80s are only good in some ways and still horrible in a lot. I mean, consider you, Jim. You were born in 89. And so there's, there's some good things about you, but then also a lot of the things that are just just bad just really really bad you know Uh (laughs) uh-huh what did you say i'm trying to look up the rag man okay (laughs) so he also says rag man did for me what i did for you last night but you know it's not a whole thing it is a second mention of him Um, is that like a euphemism for something when did he say that it's not a euphemism. It's direct. It's like, Ragman did it for me, and I did it for you, baby. My name is Judd. <laughs> so, I, I have questions, but I think I know the answer. But Church is weird. 
because evil church kind of like spot Judd's pet that was brought back from the dead uh-huh. doesn't seem evil just ghoulish. it makes me wonder if the pets that are brought back are either just less evil because it's just the way it is or if it's to tempt you into doing it with humans because it's like oh the pet came back and it's you know weird but not too bad and then a human comes back and they're like murdering everyone and eating man flesh. Man um, flesh. But the cat is chill. Like the kids are hanging out with the cat when it's reanimated and it's not a problem. Like it scratches the dude and it's kind of uh, ornery. Thro- throws a rat but, into well, the Well, that's bath. a gift. It throws the rat into the bathtub as a gift. A rat in the like, bath is worth two in back the bush. To life, bro. Bow. Here's a rat for you. It's kind of unclear if the cat is bad until it eats Judd's mouth, which I didn't think was what happened on the first watch. I thought Gage ate I thought Gage mouth. did, but Gage bites his throat, and then that's all we see. And then the cat is there watching, and the cat is what distracts Judd so that Gage can slice his Achilles tendon, which, by the way, the audience doesn't know. I called that with some weird, freaky anticipation. Like, 30 seconds before it happened, I'm just like, he's going to slice that dude's Achilles. And bam, he's under the bed, slices that Achilles as soon as the cat meows. You would um, make a very efficient baby killer. Not oh, a baby yeah, killer. So, oh, can I also touch on that? I mean, that sounds weird. <laughs> Don't touch on that dead baby. Um, cut that from the podcast. No, that's staying in. Uh, right. This episode's um, not that funny, so that's staying in. <laughs> so... I was so stoked when Judd came in there and he's like, Gage, come on out. I got something, I got something for, for you. And then he pops off. open his switchblade or whatever. Oh, and I was like, hell yeah. It's going to be a knife fight. Like, it's going to be like beat it. Man, it's gonna be- like a really old man and a really young zombie are about to have a knife fight with zombie. a scalpel. I was so stoked, dude. And it just got it got taken from me. That was pretty upsetting. Because mm-hmm. um, I was juiced for that baby and old like it's the battle of the ages it's what we've all been waiting for because of their because their age difference it's just you know diaper versus diaper (laughs) it's time to have the ultimate showdown Um, we've all wondered who would win a fight in a knife fight an old man or a small child yeah i mean this was our chance to see it well we did see it and it was small child yeah. But he cheated. That's what bothered me. Mm-hmm. He didn't respect the game. Sucker punch. Um, yeah, it was uh, sucker slash. Um, but the cat... Okay, so the cat comes down after s- distracting Judd so that he can get his ankle slashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we see the cat next, it's when Zelda's ghost or the when Wendell calls... Uh, with Zelda's voice to Rachel into Judd's house. Uh-huh. And she goes walking in and then the cat jumps up behind her. Church pops out and it has blood on its face and it's licking blood off of its paw, which wasn't there before. And then she, we go and see like Judd da- and Judd's licking face blood off his off. dad. Huh? No, his, not his papa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> his paw. Um, yeah. And then and so so the point is is the cat ate the face. Okay. As cats are wont to do. That was, I liked the effect of the glowing green cat eyes. That was cool. They really did that a lot. Mhm. Mhm. 
Um, so yeah, do you think that the 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 evil does not take over the animals as much, or are they just lazy? Because the humans just get after it. They come back to life and then they're just killing machines. Yeah, no, but you're the, right. I have no idea. There's he, not a consistency. He said Spot in died in his sleep later on, peacefully. And Church probably would have as well if Lewis didn't get all greedy and start bringing back. Oh, yeah. And also Dead Cat Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Looks dead like cat. Dead Cat Thanksgiving came early this year. <laughs> dead Cat Thanksgiving is when. The cat pilgrims and the cat Native Americans all died and then resurrected and then shared a steak and morphine together. Mmm, that sounds lovely. I like a good steak. It's just a little bit of morphine. Take the edge off. Yeah, that's the best way. I think we need to go straight into our rankings because we have nothing else to say about this. Yeah. Um. All right, well, ladies first. Shanley, what's your ranking? So, out of all the movies that we've watched... What is the one you're most likely to watch on a movie night? What's the one you're least likely to watch on a movie night? And if neither number one or dead last or undead last, if you will, where does Pet Cemetery 89 sit for you? I really appreciated the undead last. Thank you. Um, I think I am most likely to watch Ford v. Ferrari. I did like that one a lot. I think least likely to rewatch is still Song of the South. Where along the spectrum would Pet Cemetery lie? I think this is probably second to last. It's not bad enough to be funny like Jaws the Revenge or even Batman and Robin. Like I feel like even in those they're like bad but enjoyable and fun and there wasn't much fun in this one and it also wasn't scary so i don't know what mood i would have to be in to want to watch this so it hasn't it hasn't plucked out song of the south as your dead last but it's closer to the bottom of the list i can't tell them being stubbornly just against song of the south you know what i think this might be the bottom this is your new last shanley is more likely to watch song of the south than pet cemetery got it I'm going to post that on my Facebook, and good. Yeah, let the people know. (laughs) Let the people know. Jim, what are your rankings? She likes Song of the South more because it reminds her of a simpler time. And it more aligns to her central ideals. I think that that's why. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember your rankings from last week, Jim. Yours was a Ghost Rider sandwich, with your number one being Ghost Rider, and your last being Spirit of Vengeance. Okay, um... I would say that I am more likely to watch this than Spirit of Vengeance. I'm more likely to watch this than Batman. I'm more likely to watch this than Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I think I think this is right around Jaws: The Revenge. Okay, so this this is in your like upper quarter of, of the movies that we watched. It's towards the top for you. I mean, I guess it's like the middle, but the upper middle or so upper middle so like just beneath the nip it's like a d this is like a d on the curve of grading that we're doing here okay got it it's like maybe like a a c minus i would watch it again i might do it intentionally if it was on i might pay attention to it but i think my wife summed it up pretty good it's uh it's not fun enough for how like annoying 
aspects of it are and how much it drags on. Got it. All right. For me, my number one is still Spirit of Vengeance. Really? Really. I thought you would have grown out of that by now. <laughs> no. I I really want to rewatch it again. I've been thinking about it the last like week and a half. Yeah. But that one also got bumped off of streaming. Hey. I, I actually, Jimmy, you're going to be so disappointed in me. I was actually considering buying it. It's like four bucks for entertainment. What's four bucks? If you buy it, you have to also buy the first one. Will you watch Spirit of Vengeance with me if I watch I will Ghost do Rider a you? Ghost Rider marathon with you. Oh, Ghost-a-thon? That'd be incredible. Especially because we just randomly busted out our high school yearbooks the other day. We did, yeah. You got to And us. I didn't remember this, which I'm sure didn't surprise you. But <laughs> I'm, um, su- I'm surprised you remembered us taking out the yearbooks. That's I'm surprised awesome. that we went to high school together. <laughs> um, but... We were looking through, was it senior year? It was our senior year. And in the signature section, there is a prominent metallic Ghost Rider sticker. There is. Which came out either the end of our junior year or the beginning of our senior year. But it's it's like the comic book Ghost Rider. It's not like the movie Ghost Rider. But I'm sure even the comic book wasn't that popular at that time. It was probably something that went into production because the film just came out. Maybe. They were like, hey, let's make Ghost Rider stickers People are gonna this want this Marvel thing. That's incredible. Um, but yeah, You've so been on a trajectory of riding the ghost for I, quite some time. Just like I wouldn't have watched Ghost Rider if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have had that sticker if it wasn't for you. Because you placed it in there. I did. So you just keep injecting Ghost Rider into my life. You're welcome. And that's what this friendship was always about. Ghost Rider is the That's morphine. That's what it's always been about. Ghost Rider is the morphine and you're my gauge. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to be church, but that's just because I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> For dead cats. Would you consider Demi Moore a Ghost Rider? It's Demi and well, no. do you? Is there a joke there? Because I don't know what you're getting at. Blaze Berdahl, who plays Ellie... Was in the show Ghost Writer. That's somewhat related. What does that have to do with Demi Moore? Oh, because she she does it with the ghost in, uh, the, in the movie Ghost. Oh, Ghost Writer. Wow. I'm hilarious. That's okay. Shanley, jeez, you got to take that one. What am I taking? Matt just asked if Demi Moore is a ghost writer because she was in Ghost and she bangs Patrick Swayze when he was not actually dead. Well, she also, like, kind of centrally... I think she makes out with Whoopi Goldberg while she's possessed by Patrick Swayze, doesn't she? I don't remember that, but I also don't remember that movie super well. I haven't watched that movie since I was, like, eight years old. I think we watched a lot of movies that we shouldn't <laughs> we have in our generation. That was the in way the 90s, of the 90s. Parents were just like, here's a movie that I want to watch and shut up about it. <laughs> do you want to go to your bed in the dark or do you want to watch the movie? <laughs> it's just what we lived like. That's how I saw Pet Cemetery as a child. I saw so many things. The Exorcist, like a bunch of stuff when I was in elementary school that traumatized me for years. I remember my dad during this movie saying, no, 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 look, Matt, look, 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 he's a good ghost. Like, it's yeah, Pascal is a good ghost, but his brain is also <laughs> hanging out of his head. I couldn't have been more than like seven 
probably a little bit younger than that. But good thing I had the consolation that, look, he's a good ghost. The funny part about that, in, well, one of the funny parts, maybe the funniest part about that, is that if you were six years old, let's just say, mm-hmm. this movie was still seven years old at that point. So what was the urgency that your dad had to watch it? <laughs> He's like, look, you're just going to deal with this right now because I can't go on any longer missing out when people keep bringing up Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. This is my chance. We rented it from Blockbuster because there's nothing good around and That's you're right. just going to watch it. That I think that you probably summed it up. That's probably pretty close. That's so great. I love that. Well, I, I'd say then Pet Cemetery is like a bronze for me. It's somewhere in the, like the top three of what we've watched, and uh, Spirit of Vengeance is still my number one. It'll you look. think that it's third place? Perhaps. You think it's Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, then Batman, and then Pet Cemetery? I think so. More than Jaws, more than Brokeback Mountain, more than Ford v Ferrari. You would watch Pet Cemetery. It's hard. Just like you said, I think it's somewhat of a, a tie with Jaws the Revenge. I think I'm equally apt to watching either of those, but for very different reasons. Song of the, the South? It's definitely above Song of the South. You racist. <laughs> what? You just love to keep the black man down. I do not. I always forget you said Uncle Remus has had it too good for too long. <laughs> they should have never gave him that award. I don't recall saying that. Yeah, you said it. You said it was a fake award for a fake actor. And then you spit. (laughs) (laughs) And Spittoon made a ding sound. Yep. And then we all laughed. Well, now it's time to leave the hellscape that you brought us in, Jimmy, because this was your choice. And it's time to spin that wheel! Yay! Shanley, get a cheer. (laughs) Yay! Y'all know whose turn it is to spin that wheel. Oh, boy. I really hope... Wait, is it that no selection can be spun again within a rotation or a month or whatever? It's a month, yeah. So Jimmy can't be chosen until your next turn. Jimmy's parents cannot be chosen until your next turn, right? I think it it sort of works like that, but it's just... Oh, no, because that would only be two. So it would be like my next turn. Math is hard. Whatever. I want to figure this out real quick. So it's you spinning now. This is the first of four after my spin. Mm-hmm. So this one, then Shanley's two, then I'm three. So you would be the fourth spin. So is your next turn when it's allowed? It's or is Shanley's up. next turn the one when it's allowed? Because that would be the fifth Yeah, it would empty be Shanley's. Spots. Okay, got it. Okay. We should leave that in. That was great. This is a new one. Failed superhero franchise. Oh, man. This is going to be awesome. I've already got some ideas in mind. This is the perfect category for you. It is. I feel like there's... Are you going to be bold and pick one you haven't seen? Or are you going to go to something that you've already experienced? I don't know if there are any that I haven't seen. There's time to go back to the original Ghost Rider. (laughs) Give it a second shot. It's fair. Is that why you recommended this one so we can watch... Ghost Rider again? I mean, honestly, I don't know if it counts. I mean, they hit their mark. But they it did wasn't soft, received they had, they well. They soft rebooted it. 
Yeah. Oh, well, so Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is a failed franchise. Yeah. But Ghost Rider nailed it. So that one doesn't count, I guess. Darn. Well, this is going to be good. I look forward to that. I, I've got some good plans. i got some thoughts in mind. I think this is this is going to work. All right. Failed superhero franchise. Perhaps a Green Lantern? Oh, wow. Any other thoughts? Shanley, do you know of any failed superhero franchises? Ooh, can you do... um? What Ooh, is that spooky. film? It's Meteor Man. I loved that when I was a kid. Right. Okay. Do you remember that? Meteor Man is the first live-action black superhero movie. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I loved it when I was a kid. It was great. Hmm. Um, only one that really comes to mind is The Incredible Hulk, um, the one that came out in the early 2000s. Hulk. With- Ang Lee's Hulk. That would be our second Ang Lee movie. So he also did Broke Back, Brokey Back Montaigne. Hmm. Interesting. Would you say Hitchcock counts? Sorry, Hitch what? Cock. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps. Man, the options are truly limitless. Was Will Smith both Hitch and Hitchcock? It was Handcock. It's Handcock now. All right. Well, yeah. then, yeah, I got some things to think about. Between now and next week. Uh, there's the Green Lantern. There is the Green Lantern. I already said that. You've repeated a lot of things. You asked questions that Matt spent about 20 minutes answering. You did a whole bunch of <laughs> retreading today. And I loved every minute of it. It's because we got that Yahtzee, yo. Yahtzee! Um, <laughs> Shanley's amazing at being awake and asleep at the same time. Um <laughs> Her brain is in sleep mode, but her body still responds to things as if it wasn't. It's like her um, brain says, tells her body, hey, body, I'm going to take a break real quick. I need you to raise your hand or contest if someone accuses us of being asleep, all right? <laughs> yeah. Peace. <laughs> if anyone says we're asleep, come get me. Come get me. <laughs> um, I just thought of another great one that I'm going to throw out. I hope you picked this, actually. Is it... Electra? Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Because that's a terrible movie. I've never watched that. I think it's bad. I imagine so. It failed for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, I think that that'll do it for this week's episode. We'll see everybody next week on Movie Night, right here on the Weekly Watch Fantastic Wheel, Four. Where we'll watch a failed superhero franchise. Movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Weekly Watch Wheel. If you had as good a time as we did, be sure to subscribe, tell a friend about us, maybe even leave us a review. Hit us up on Twitter at WKLY Watchwheel or via email at weeklywatchwheel at gmail.com. It's the Weekly Watchwheel. I'm going to have some whiskey. We're, oh, wow. He's already tripping over the Pilates Can't mat. His tripping <laughs> over the Pilates mat before he even had his first drink. Man. Is that his new nickname, Pilates Matt? Pilates Matt. That's Pilates Matt. (laughs) Oh, man. Pilates Matt be always tripping.